2: We're back. It's the horns up talking Texas podcast, Fisher disciples, DJ, Nikki snacks, Crider. It was a really good fourth quarter gentlemen on offense, at least outside of that. Interestingly, I felt Wyoming had a pretty good game plan for us. First of all, they're a better team than a lot of people gave them credit for. They did beat Texas tech. They were two and out coming into our house. They did a good job of, of keeping the ball out of Quinn's hands. Our defense, by and large, again, had a really nice game, but they did a really good job of keeping the ball out of Quinn's hands. And it, it, the offense was out of rhythm, and it took him a while to get going. Now, when they got going, they were electric. A couple deep balls, a couple big runs. Our highest-rated player on pro football focus, Jonathan Brooks, who has emerged as our RB1 in an epic fashion, Um, and then our defense, you know, when the offense got cooking, our defense made a big play and they got a pick six and that's great complimentary football, um, outside maybe of, you know, us having a very slow start in offense or some of your guys' takeaways, uh, from the matchup against Wyoming in week three.
1: Well, piling it on is one thing, right? Where you score and then you come back and score right away again. And then for a third time in the fourth quarter and something that we did last week against Bama as well. seems Mm -hmm. like we're a fourth quarter team this year. Um I mean it's really good to see that they can score late. You would like to see them get a little bit of a faster start, but I think one of the biggest things that we were looking for or specifically I was looking for when we previewed the show with Kwan is we want a 100-yard rusher and you mentioned it Jonathan Brooks came out swinging and uh, you know got his 100-yard piece, 164. Um you know really big run that set us up for a nice Quinn Ewers touchdown, but we need a guy like that who Can you know demand the rock and be an unstoppable force if we're going to head into big 12 play and dominate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, toss,
0: yeah, and I think you know, worth noting that Brooks he had the, the 21 carries. Um, a lot of that had to do with said B being banged up still, right, and 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 not playing in this game. Um, and I expect that it'll be a, a committee once he comes back, but it was good to see. JB take that load on as, as kind of our RB one and and do something with it. Um, I thought that while I agree with your statement in the second half, Josh, um, where they really did a good job in the third quarter, especially taking the ball out of Quinn Ewers, hands. Um, I mean, they ate up almost 10 minutes on that drive in the third quarter and we didn't get the ball into the very end of it. Mm-hmm. And they they were efficient. They ended up with a field goal um, to tie the game at at 10, 10, I felt like we were taking the ball out of our own hands in the first half. Um, Jonathan Brooks only, he had 21 carries on the day. He had eight carries in the first half. I thought we were looking to throw early and often too much in the first half instead of relying on our big boys up front to, you know, get five yards, seven yards running between the tackles. Um, Brooks obviously has the speed to, to break runs out on the outside as he did on that, that 50 yard run. But, um, I didn't feel like we asserted ourselves. We didn't, we didn't show ourselves to be the more dominant team. And in a game where they are rolling out their backup QB, and we don't even know that until 10 minutes before um, I I expect us to, to win that first half and then coast the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's awesome that we're averaging in the last two games, 21 points in the fourth quarter. If you take out that Rice game, which we were well up going into that fourth quarter at that time, you know, we, we'd probably be averaging 21 points in the fourth quarter across the entire year. Um, I, I just, I didn't see enough from an execution standpoint in the first half to leave me, you know, with a really, really good taste in my mouth after that game. And I think mm. that there are still a lot of things that we need to tighten up, um, before we head to to Waco, you know, for, for conference play starting up, because <clears throat> something that we've said for the last two years, like you got to play a complete game. And if you are playing while well, this Wyoming team was, they were better than we thought. And for having a backup quarterback in, I thought that they were very competent. They stuck to their game plan. They stuck to their guns. Um, Whaley was able to, He's a new transfer from Northern Illinois. He broke out that big run at the beginning. Um, I'm not mad about that. Cause he, he found the hole. He's a good player. He was on the doke, uh, I think the, the, the preseason dope list prior or, or in 2022, mm-hmm. um, so he's a talented running back and that happens, you know, when they get that inside zone run and they beat the safeties, like you're, you're going to give up big plays like that. Every team is right. But, but how you bounce back from that, I think was the most impressive thing from PK's defense and our players. I thought our defensive line stepped up. I thought Baron Sorrell had an excellent game, um, stopping the run and obviously had a crucial sack when they were in the, in the red zone in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I didn't see enough from our team to say, okay, we're the number three team in the nation. We deserve that. Not yet. Not yet, in my opinion. Well, I want to say this. Yeah, I,
2: for years past, yes. Um, but I don't think I've seen enough from – I haven't really seen enough from anybody this year that I'm like, wow, this team is a real juggernaut. Like, you know, just when we thought Florida State was that team, they barely escaped Boston College, who is a middling ACC team. Georgia barely, I know South Carolina's a tough test, but they barely escaped South Carolina. Like, I, I need to see, I know Washington went in and really beat the crap out of Michigan State, but they're like in turmoil. I need to see somebody assert themselves. I'm still not, you know, I, I, I you guys know I root for Ohio State, so I've watched those games too. And I feel like I, I feel like Michigan has, but their opponents are just. Big. Their opponents, yeah. Yeah. So like they, they're like a NA, like them and Ohio State. I know how they beat Indiana, and now they kick the crap out of Western Kentucky. But they have a huge test. Like we're gonna really see a lot this weekend. Like Ohio State goes to Notre Dame, another team that's been red hot, and Sam Hartman. Hartman's been the most underrated player in the country. Like that's a really massive game uh, for everything going forward. Um, Look, you know it's the Alabama hangover. People were saying. Uh, everyone was riding high. You know. I think they had the players only meeting, which is great, but still it's like you go to a place like Tuscaloosa where the environment's crazy and fun and you go in and when everyone thinks you can't win, you're the underdog and you beat them the year before you go to the SEC. It really takes their emotions through the roof and your adrenaline through the roof. So I think they were a bit hungover through the first half. And, and I think that once they settled in, uh, they look like the number three team in the nation to me. Um, we have a lot of guys on defense that could really be pros. And I know we talk about Baron Sorrell. We talk about Byron Murphy, who I would love I the thing about Sweat and Murphy is I actually don't think and you brought it up like that we got gashed a little bit up the middle for such big guys and such guys who are so good at putting pressure on the quarterback on the pass rush, I would love to see them defend the run up the middle a bit better. They're two 300 pound guys. Like I would love to see us stop the run up the middle. Um, but we have a great defensive line that we talk about uh, incessantly with Sorrell, Murphy sweat and the young guys in Hill and Burke. Um, but our defensive backfield's filled with studs, man. Baron is a real player. Thompson is a real player. Uh, Crawford, you know, he may not be a pros pro, but you see him all over the field. And like we had, how many guys did we play 30 plus snaps, 20 plus snaps, 19 guys played 20 plus snaps this week. And, and, and Finkley was 19 snaps. So Muhammad's getting in there, hill. Both freshmen are getting in there. Like Gavin Holmes, the corner that we got from wake forest is getting involved, which is really nice. Um, Catalan, obviously the, the transfer from Arkansas. You love to see that. I thought Terrence Brooks was pretty active. Um, I, w- I would like to see him tackle a little bit better, but uh, other than that, I, you know, you you heard his name called for for good, um, and then we have two great linebackers, obviously Gavenda and Ford. So like this is, I know we put so much emphasis on the offense as a, as a fandom, as a Texas fandom, because we have Cohen, we have Worthy, who you know, I loved how like uh, Nick was away from the TV for a second, and he's like, how did Worthy score? And we were like, and I just could just text you the OU play. And like you know exactly what we were talking about. It's like so epic. Like we have these like these offensive weapons, but I really think what's going to set us apart, and hopefully I'm 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 crossing my fingers that sets us apart is the defense. You know, PK has really stepped up. Uh, Coach Bow has stepped up massively. Like he's gonna. He, we have some guys all of a sudden in, in not outside of Sark and the coaching staff that I'm I'm hoping we could hang on to for a lot longer than I'm anticipating. Choice Bow uh pk like look man if pk pitches a really continues to pitch a really good year as a defensive coordinator he may get a shot somewhere like he really might man um if i were him i'd probably want to go to the sec and try and test my luck and try to up my resume a notch higher like if he could shut down some sec teams but i'm really impressed with
1: what the defense has shown me through the first three games yeah i mean coaches when they have success for a team they're all gonna get opportunities elsewhere whether that be you know, the, the offensive assistants moving up to being a a coordinator somewhere or the same Mm -hmm. thing on defense or the coordinators moving up to being a head coach somewhere. So, I mean, obviously you you want, that's good for your program because like, it shows that you're a breeding ground for, you know, good coaches. And at the same time you're having success. I mean, look at the the Saban coaching tree, like so Mm -hmm. many guys who came out there. So it'd be nice to have those guys, but at the same time, it's better to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, and you know what, though? Like the thing about
2: the Saban coaching tree, look who look who was involved in the Saban coaching tree. Bill O'Brien, you know, uh, Sark, Lane Kiffin, guys looking for second chances. So great coaches who had their first go. And they kind of come back to the quote-unquote doghouse of Alabama, rebuild their resume up a little bit, learn under Saban, get to coach some really great players, and learn from the great players. And then they move on to programs like Ole Miss, like offensive coordinator for the Patriots. In the like, if you look at the Patriots' offense, like I know the I'm a Pats fan. We've lost two really close games, but Mac Jones looks way better this year than he did last year. That I can oh. say firsthand, totally. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I really am. I'm impressed. I know, like as the number three team and what we've seen in the past with the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Georgia's in, and of course the Alabama's like those number, whoever the number three team was absolutely murking people. I just think there's a lot of parody. And I think Wyoming, Wyoming has like good pros. Like they have guys that like are pros like on, and before you go to like the best player, the best defender that I've seen on USC is Solomon bird. He's been an animal transfer from Wyoming. You know what I'm saying? Like they breed good players. So I think they were a yep. better opponent than people think. Same with rice.
0: Yeah. I think, um, I don't, I don't want to provide confusion here. Like I'm not caught up on the number three ranking because the number three ranking is not important to be honest. Like what's important is what we do on the football field. Sure. Rankings don't matter. They only matter at the end. And as long as you win all of our games, we've talked about this endless times. Like we're the university of Texas. We're ranked number three, partially even with the existing parity, because we are the university of Texas, right? We get that credibility because of our, our university being a blue blood, Um, Sarkeesian, our recruits, yada, yada, yada. But what matters is what happens on the field. And that's what left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, at least from the first half. And part of that is recognizing, yes, because we are playing a backup QB, what does that game look like if we're playing their starting QB, right? We're giving credit to Wyoming and and we should. Um, Our defense probably doesn't have as much gas left in the tank in the second half if they have their starting QB in the first half because they're taking more advantages of those opportunities that we gave them by giving them the ball, by going three and out by not extending drives, by being inefficient on offense. And when we play Baylor and we play other teams in the big 12, they won't give us those opportunities. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. And it was great to see us convert on fourth down with Savion red. Um, I, we liked that package. It worked well, Nick, he, he made a note when we were talking about it, that like, it didn't even look like the handoff was a threat. He was going to take that upfield kind of QB blast, every single time anyway. And, and he, wasn't I think,
1: even, he wasn't even like faking it correctly. Like he was just like right. faking it. Like the running back was already gone. And it's like, dude, just, just go, just run, just run just straight. Go. Like right. you're wasting <laughs> time. And like, you're not fooling anyone.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I mean, I'm nitpicking here. Right. But I do Good. think that like Quinn going 11 for 21 is, is inexcusable, <laughs> you know, like going forward, like Jatavian Sanders, not having a catch is inexcusable in my horrible, mind. Horrible. Horrible. Some of the, we talked about it with Quan. We have some of the best weapons in college football, but if we can't get them the ball, they can't make plays in space. And I, I lo- again, love to see Jonathan Brooks. Nick and I both asked for that to happen. Um, I think I asked for 200 plus yards rushing. We didn't get that, but close. I'm, I, we got close to it. I, I loved seeing Quinn get dirty in the red zone and, and, and tucking it, taking a hit and getting into the end zone. Um, more importantly, I like that he made the right read on the edge rusher there because if he had given the ball to Brooks on that play, Brooks would have been tackled. And we wouldn't have gotten into the end zone. Um, I, I just—it's tightening screws. It's week three, right? There's there's always going to be things that you can get better at. Um, I I love that defensively. Like they had been running that short out. They were not letting their backup QB throw up the field. They had been running that short out um, to the sideline again and again and again. And finally, we make the right read. We jump the route and we take it for six, right? Like I love that kind of growth and progression over the course of the game. Um, Good adjustment, so think-
2: veteran players, man.
0: Yeah. So I, I think, you know, there's a lot of good to take away from this game, but, um, just being efficient at home in the first half is something that I really wanted us to see because I wanted us to protect our house. You know, I wanted yeah. us to come home from Alabama and protect our house and we'll have other opportunities to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good win. And it's, I, I love that we're composed in the fourth quarter and able to bounce back. Cause that's something that we haven't seen. And so the fact that we keep doing that week in week out is, um, that that gives me some peace of mind for sure. When I do mention
1: Quinn, you know, and, and throwing 11 for 21 and not getting JT the ball. I I feel like sometimes we get stuck in this pattern of like Quinn's forcing it and just like needs to get a completion out there and like he he misses, you know, three four throws in a row and then we go three and out. And this is kind of silly, but I'd kind of like for us to do like the whole Madden approach when you're playing madden and like you want to like get your guy catches and so you'll throw them like a quick little slant or throw them like a little bubble screen just to get them involved right like get jt the ball any way possible let him get a catch let him get some momentum behind him right and let quinn make a completion that'll do something for his psyche that'll do something for his confidence right okay i completed a pass here i don't have to go and force the ball down the field my guy made a play i mean we saw it happen with worthy why not do it with J- Tavian Sanders? Why not do it with Jordan Whittington? I mean, like, there's ways to get these guys involved rather than just letting them run downfield and, you know, make Quinn throw a 15 yard throw. Like, let's see what they can do in open space as well especially against a team like wyoming or rice i mean bama's a little bit more defensively talented but i just think that that's a smarter game plan if your quarterback has been ineffective and he's thrown for 50% of his passes and missing them so that that's the one thing on that and then on the defensive side of the ball that i just want to mention really quickly it's like yeah, like we're like we're saying that like this game was closer than everyone thought it was obviously like we knew how it was we we pulled away in the fourth quarter scored 21 points but like besides one big run you know if, if that big run doesn't happen they're scoring three points this game you know yeah. same thing with Rice. like which is why i mentioned like i'm not i'm not worried about
0: the big run because those there are players in college football all these guys are really talented you know they all have division, yeah,
1: division one athletes
0: yeah like it, i i don't I'm not mad about that play at all. Even when it right. happened, I wasn't mad about it. I was like, look, that that happens. That's- right,
1: exactly. And that's that's just college football. Like that that'll happen anywhere on any level. Like, you know, I don't care if you're playing a, a a Division II school, like that could happen. There's a guy who has burners that can just go out and outrun everybody. Um, but ultimately, like, we look at national champions year in and year out, and it's always built on a great defense. You know, I mean, like, of course, there's offensive stars or studs. There's Heisman Trophy winners. There's first round draft picks, but you have to have a good defense. And so, I'm very confident in our foundation of this defense to really take us far, keep us in games, you know. And until until we figure out the offensive struggles, because I do think there's still a lot of offensive struggles, our defense can keep us, you know, kind of grounded in these games. And I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna anticipate any of our games getting out of hand where like. This team is up on us by 21 points, and like we need to have a massive comeback, which I still think it's capable of doing. Like our offense can do that, but I just don't think it's ever going to get to the point where our defense is going to put us in that bind.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the time of possession battle, you know, they they won, and I think again, like credit to their coaching staff, they came in with a game plan, they executed. it. What they wanted to do was keep the ball out of our hands as much as possible. And again, for me, the main takeaway is don't lean into their game plan if we don't have to, right? Like get Jonathan Brooks, Jatavian Sanders, the ball in the first half, more opportunities. It's okay to be simple sometimes. Like the simplicity will open up the complex. And I thought we got a little too complex with the guys in motion, um, you know, three passes in a row in the first half, where when you're a better football team, and I think a part of this game is just like at a certain point, our talent catches up with us and like they can't match it. Right. And I think that's why in the fourth quarter we're able to kind of take that step forward. I'd love for us to kind of, uh, again, just assert ourselves and dominate at the beginning of the game. And then, then we go into the bag, right. Then we get into the tricks. Then we, then we show them all the different colors of the rainbow that we can kind of tap into. And yeah, I mean, look, w- this is going to be a fun game against Baylor, um, and we're going to talk about it with Quan later this week. But not an not an easy
2: one. Their they no. their their coach is a great defensive guy. I mean, I think they're struggling offensively. And I thought Nick, what you said was interesting about Jatavian. Uh, sorry to cut you, to you, But I just wanted to, didn't want to lose that point. Yeah, when he we hit Jatavian on screens, we hit him on short throws, and we did it against Bama. Like, that's what we did a lot of the time. So it's not like, a uh, yeah, it's like a, we do that at Madden, but they do that across any level of football. If your guy's not getting the ball, you just get him the ball quickly and get it in his hands and see what happens. And we did that with Xavier Worthy at the end of the game, and look what happened. He took it up the sideline and scored and burned everybody. So I think he does get in a habit sometimes of forcing it, but I think just getting the ball into the playmaker's hand and trusting our playmakers is just very beneficial. Just so beneficial to that, no? Yeah, and we I, some I, of the
1: best athletes in college football, like mm-hmm. these guys, are are freaks. <laughs> Just let them do their thing, you know. Like let them make one missed tackle and see how how many yards it gets them. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we need to have blinders on this week because we play like we're saying we're going to cover like you're saying, T. We're going to cover Baylor with uh, with Quan, and then we know it's a big game for him, right? right. Being from the area. Uh, it's it's kind of like Quan's rivalry game. His brother played there, I believe. So it's like kind of Quan's rivalry game. Um, so it's gonna be fun to cover that with him. But it's also gonna be very telling in this college football slate. We're gonna see a lot. We're gonna learn a lot, a lot about a lot of teams. I think I just wanted to run it through with you guys and, and our listeners out here, so they can see what's going on this week. Um, obviously, one of the most anticipated matchups is Colorado versus Oregon. Colorado and Dion, so much so much hype in the nation. They ran into kind of a, a tough matchup against Colorado state. Terrible cheap shot against Travis Hunter. He's going to be out for a few weeks now, which is very unfortunate. Um, but they go to Eugene Rutgers is undefeated. They go to Michigan, Florida state goes to Clemson. OU travels to an undefeated Cincinnati Auburn at a and M like, and these aren't even ranked matchups, UCLA, Utah, both undefeated Ole Miss goes to Bama. Miami goes to temple, which, which could be a trap game. Um, and there was Oregon State, Washington State, both undefeated. Obviously, we have Baylor, like I mentioned before, Ohio State and Notre Dame. And then Iowa goes to Penn State. Also, both those teams are undefeated. UNC to Pitt, they've been underwhelming. There's a lot of big games this week. They're going to tell us a lot. As we get into conference play, they're going to tell us a lot about these teams. We're going to learn a lot about these teams. And I think we ha- the best thing we could do is have our blinders on. You know what I'm saying? I I, I, like a championship team is not going to worry about things they can't control. Like we can't, we can't control if Michigan, Georgia, US, we can't control if they run the table. We can't control if Florida State runs the table. We have no effect on that game. So keeping our blinders on, but also as fans and and, and analysts, like watching these games, like these are going to be very telling games. Like we're going to learn. I think a lot of us think that Colorado is. Toss, you texted in some group chat. We're in a million group chats together. I think you texted that you think Colorado is going to get beat pretty handily by Oregon. Um,
0: I don't know or- about beat. I just, they have two tough games in a row. Like you said, like a lot of teams now face the music just from a challenge standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like they get, they get the ducks and then they get uh, USC the, the following week. And, um, it was a really fun game to watch that Colorado, Colorado state game. If Colorado state, you know, cuts their, cuts their penalties in half, they win that game. So that, that's kind of my takeaway is that like, that's, that matters. The little things matter and credit to Dion and his squad for know that knowing that they were going into a rivalry game and, and in keeping their composure for the most part. I mean, they had some penalties too, um, but not as many as Colorado state. I mean, I think they ended up with 18 penalties that game or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to quickly bring it back to our game, like we had more penalties this game than, than the Wyoming Cowboys. So again, credit to their coaching staff for, for coaching a really clean game. Um, I, the one thing I'll mention about our game, one last thing before we get back to your topic, Josh is that Mm -hmm. Sam born had a really good game and he's having a really good season. Um, he he had three punts and he's averaging 48, I think yards per punt. Um, talking about potential pros, right? Like we've had pros, we've had guys that have read the punting and kicking positions, obviously get to the pros and have successful careers. So I, I like to see our special teams, um, continuing to stay consistent and impress. Don't
2: you cannot tell me that that stuff doesn't matter. like, Field position is everything like, you know, who's leading by the way in, 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 I mean, for two games in the NFL, but average punt yards, hey. Michael, Michael, Dixon, like it really like kicking and punting. It all matters, man. Like it's so invaluable to have a good kicker and efficient kicker and to have a good punter that it can help you control the field. Like our defense, like them having a march March 90 yards, let them try. You know what I'm saying? Like, you pinning them at the 10 versus a weak punt or, or bad field position, them starting their own 35, like it's night and day. They're pretty close. To, they're pretty close to points. So yeah. I, I think it's a very important shout out. You know, there's three phases of the game for a reason. Um, and I think one thing, I, another thing I wanted to mention, cause you know about us, you could probably close it out there unless you guys have some more thoughts blue. I appreciate his efforts in the pass block, but we need said B junior back. And I think that's going to make a big difference. Like that fumble is a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to have those mistakes knock on wood, like said B and now Brooks and Brooks getting, Brooks getting that confidence too. like, I think that's also a big play in it. Like it's, these are some of the toughest shoes to fill we've ever seen. Not only was Bijan amazing, but he's also like the most hyped guy, like since we've been there realistically, like no one's been hyped like Bijan Robinson. And Roshan, like just like kind of with him, like those are some serious shoes to fill if you're Jonathan Brooks. So it's not, I'm not surprised it took him a little bit to get his sea legs under him, but going for a hundred, like a serious 100 plus, almost 200 yards, all of a sudden, like if we have that in lockstep going forward, that has to open up the play action and that has to open up Quint to succeed in the middle of the field to guys like Jatavian and guys like Whittington, things that we want to see. So I wanted to yeah. have said B's absence in there as well.
0: No, I think, I think it's, it's definitely worth noting. And I think even on the telecast uh, they mentioned when Byron Murphy caught that, that big man TD, which I know we were all a fan of and his, his celebration dance was incredible. Um, They mentioned, you know, he wants to be the Roshan Johnson for this team. Obviously not what he, not what he did when he got carries and, and receptions, (laughs) but as a leader in the locker room. Um, So not only were from the outside looking in, were those two players important but internally they were very important as well. And um, I just think just the last thing that we t- you mentioned Michael Dixon, you talked about Bijan, like he is as real as we all knew he was in the pros and he is making guys miss just in the same way that he did in college football. And it's, it's incredible to watch him do his thing at, at the professional level. I'm, I'm enjoying him play with the Falcons so much. And it's only been two weeks.
2: I mean, he is make, he is, I posted on our horns up, TikTok and, Got like about like five thousand something views. Like, if he should be offensive player of the year, if the Falcons are a top three, they won't be. But if they are a top three team in the NFC by the year's end, it'll
1: be because of him. They needs more snaps. I Feel like he's not getting enough snaps yet. I mean, well, he I'll, but he will. I think you will. No? I know. I'm saying, but I'm saying for him to win offensive player of the year, he needs more volume. And right now, they they roll out Algier a lot more than than he should be playing. He's yeah, but of I think six six
0: yards a carry, bro. I think How at a certain point, started. like it's going to become undeniable that you have to have him out there more.
2: He's gone, he's at 29 carries for 180 yards at six yards a carry. Now, this is the most Bijan stat of them all, though. His longest run, 21 yards. So it's not like it's a huge chunk play that, like, took him over the limit. It's not like it's a huge chunk play that got him there.
1: But how many of them are, like, 15, 20 yards? Like, how many times? Or, or how many times? To- He's got one big play. Or how many times did we see
2: Bijan when it w- would have been a three-yard carry for most running backs? He push forward. he fall forward. And he gets those extra three yards. Like, Bijan Robinson is the king of, like, turning a three-yard carry or a two-yard carry into a four- or five- or six-yard carry.
0: Or a ten-yard carry where he makes six guys miss, like – it, I, he had a first down run in I think the third or fourth quarter yesterday that I was, my jaw was on the floor. It's like, these are the fastest, biggest athletes in the world. And he just made four of them miss like nothing. Like he might've just, he might've just hurt them. He made a miss so bad. Like I, it it was unbelievable. So just, you know, shout out to all of our, our longhorns in the, in the pros. We love seeing them do good work. And um, OBJ went down. So Devin Duvernay is probably going to get even more, Opportunities. Um, we know that that offense is very high powered in in Baltimore, um, and obviously they've got Justin Tucker there too, who who missed a fifty nine yarder. And I watched. I was like, I couldn't believe it. He missed a fifty nine yarder. What's what's going on? We're so we're They're so used to that guy. That is very true. That is very very true. So we, we love our horns in the pros, though. Just wanted to give them a, a quick shout out.
2: Bijon, another Bijan Rider thing. Um, he's got seventy five receiving yards too and ten catches. Very nice. If Arthur Smith can just go get a quarterback, <laughs> like yep. he's going to be seriously good. Um, cool. All right. Horns up. See you guys next time. Uh, hopefully get some guests, guests for you guys coming through, uh, which would be great. And we'll see you at, at the very worst. We'll see you with the uh, Quan Cosby on Wednesday uh, recording for a Thursday show. Hook him guys. Uh, great win. Glad we're the number three team and glad for the first time since 2012, we are three and zero one of our buddy george who does not watch football was like wait we've been we've been saying we are back for all these years and we haven't made it past week 2 i go yep but we are officially past week 2 we're 3 and 0 for the first time since 2012 very exciting stuff this year is different hook of horns guys <laughs>